Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's headed to Vegas. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who enjoys roulette. Um, yeah, that's me, Ryan Newman. Do you? Do you bet red or no, black? No, like red or black, Ryan. I, I no, I don't. But uh, you know. Okay, well, hey, what you know what? I have said? What do you enjoy? Just double your bet the next time if you lose, and you, you you're golden. <laughs> Martingale system never loses. It never loses. It does. Uh, and I'm joined by the other brother who I know loves craps. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's me. Yo, eleven. Trey Newman. All right, we are are back to college football this episode. And we're going to act as the odds makers and bettors today. So we had the listeners on Instagram and in our Discord server give us some hypothetical prop bets. And we are going to set the odds for those. One bro is going to set the odds and the other two will bet into those, those odds. So, uh, before we, we get to those, those props, let's tell everyone the name of our sports books. So Trey, what is the name of yours? Ah. I have a feeling I know what it's going to be. Uh, yeah. I could, I couldn't pass up the opportunity. Everyone needs to playwithtrey.com. <laughs> come, come bet with the best at playwithtrey.com. Oh, he's mm-hmm. bringing it back. All right. Yep. How about you, Ryan? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm changing mine up. I honestly don't even remember what I did last time, but I'm pretty certain it yeah, wasn't this one. Yeah. I don't have anything clever necessarily like, like that one. And my name doesn't <laughs> quite rhyme with the betting thing, but, uh, I'm going with the letitride.com. Okay. That's mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I assume, uh, Stan's dad from South Park inspired that. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the guy from, um, Along Came Polly? I don't know. He just comes to mind all the time. Seymour Hoffman, oh. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let it all right. Die. Well, <laughs> mine is ESPM.com. So I'm uh, just going to get all that traffic that's wow. one letter off. Mm. Wow. I typed it in. It looks like it's available. It's probably very expensive because probably a lot of people make that mistake. Uh, sure. But it stands for Excellent Sports Book Pioneered by Michael. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> there, uh, you there you go. There you go. ESPM.com. The worldwide leader. And then, uh, a, yeah, quick explanation of, of money line odds for those who don't know. I don't know if this will translate well on an audio podcast, but so any odds with a plus in front of it means that's how much you would profit if you bet $100. So for example, if uh, a team this episode has odds of plus 125, that means if you bet $100 and you win, you get back your initial wager plus $125. And when the odds have a, a minus in front of it, uh, that means you know it's more likely to happen. And so that's the amount you'd need to bet in order to profit $100. So if a bet's minus 150, you bet $150 and win, you get your initial bet back plus a hundred. That was a mouthful, but let's, uh, let's yeah. get into the bets and we'll go over to let it ride.com first. All right. Uh, so we, uh, let's see here. So this one came from, uh, from Joel. He gave us a good one here. Um, and his, his, his odds were, or his prop bet here is, uh, will a group of five team make the playoff in well next year? Will a group of five team make the playoff next year? And so I set the line here. So the line is the yes is at plus forty nine hundred, and the no is minus forty nine hundred. 
Okay, so no juice at LetItRide.com. No juice no. at any of our yeah, sports books. Yeah, we're, we're, no. we're for the people. We're generous. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to bite, and I'm going to take the yes with with those odds. Now, in order for this to happen, it's usually a two-year process for a school to have a team because you need the team the year before to have a really good year, be in good standing, uh, and then you also have to be in a decent enough conference. So that's going to eliminate teams like Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, App State. Uh, they just, there's too much to overcome. So I don't see it. And I don't, and I don't think those schools you mentioned, like have the schedule either. Like maybe Louisiana, if Texas ends up being really good, but yeah, I don't think they have the schedule. And then I'm, I look to the mountain West and a decent enough conference, but I don't really see a a path just because no team's really going to start the year ranked high enough in my opinion. So it really comes down. This is solely a bet on Cincinnati. Um, and you know, they made the new year six last year. We know they nearly beat Georgia. Their schedule gives them a chance this year, especially if the AAC can turn out a couple decent teams like a UCF, SMU, or any others, because they play Indiana and Notre Dame in the non-conference. So they could be in the mix Mm -hmm. early on to be easily in the top 10 if they they win a couple of those, maybe even the top five. Who knows? So they'll need some luck, of course, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, I... uh... There's there's some people that say they'll never put a, a G5 team in in this system, but I don't believe that. I just think it's really really unlikely, and that's why Ryan, you you said a good line. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it takes the the perfect it would take the perfect storm. Uh, so yeah, I think what needs to happen is what Trey said as well, but also the the team obviously has to go undefeated in dominant fashion, and they need maybe a little bit of chaos in the Power Five conferences, maybe a, a two loss three loss uh, Power Five champion. And then the big thing they need is at least one great win against a Power 5 team. And, and that's why, yeah, Cincinnati has that opportunity this year, potentially, if if Indiana and Notre Dame, you know, if let's say they're a little bit better than we think. And so that's kind of what I went with in my assumption, is that those two teams are a little bit better than we think, and Cincinnati rolls through the schedule. Using SP Plus kind of as a guide, I put the odds of that happening, of Cincinnati going undefeated against, against that schedule, as about 8%, um, again, assuming that... Notre Dame and Indiana are, are good. And that resume is way better than they had last year, like not even close. And so I think there's a decent chance they get in in, in that 8%. I don't think all 8% means they go, you know, in every yeah. situation they go to the playoff, they could get left out. But um, I think it's over the 2% kind of needed for this 49 to right. 1 shot. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's a pretty good line, but I, I would go, I'd go with Trey as well, 49 to 1. Yeah, uh, Cincinnati set themselves up with that schedule. That's the thing with this. You need a team that is obviously really, really good and had a really good year last year and has a schedule. So it's, yep. like you said, Mike, it's kind of a perfect storm needed to to capitalize on it. It's a two-year deal. You're not going to get there in one year if, if you're a G5 team. Nope. All right, so let's move on to playwithtrade.com. And this one is from another patron of ours, Sparty Party. Will Nebraska make it to the Big Ten championship game in the next three years? And I have set the odds at yes, plus 300, and no, minus 300. Okay, so will they make all three Big Ten championships the next three no, years? No, no. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Just one, just one. Uh, this year, the chances are, are pretty low, but SP Plus does have Nebraska right now as the third third best team in the division. Um, and Ryan mentioned this in a text earlier, but you look 
last year's winner, Northwestern, they were, they had one win the season before. So, and they, they ended up winning the West. So it's, even though there's a low chance, it's, it's, you know, it's a chance. So I'll be conservative and say there's a 5% chance for Nebraska this year. I actually think it's higher, but yeah. just being conservative here. And then on average, I would think Nebraska's going to get better in the next couple of years. They're continuing to recruit well enough to be better than they are. Like it's, you'd think they've hit a low point. I really hope that I'm right on that. <laughs> um, so I'll say conservatively, maybe 10% chance 2022, 15% chance 2023. And with those numbers, that brings me to about plus 260 being value. So yeah, I think yes, plus 300, uh, even with my somewhat conservative numbers get me, uh, some value. Yeah. I think, uh, I'll go yes, even though, you know, um, same as, same as Michael. Um, yeah. So essentially, you know, with the plus three, the, the plus 300 here, you're saying one out of every four times will they make it right? So I, I would say yes. Um, kind of like Michael laid out, but I do think you're being a little conservative on, on those numbers. Like you did mention this, yeah. you're putting at a 5%, right? For a team that's predicted third. Um, and you're not looking up at, uh, it's not like third behind Ohio state, you know, it's not third behind Bama. It's third behind, I don't know, Wisconsin and Iowa, like teams that are not yeah. elite squads that, you know, you can't beat. So, um, that's the reason really why. And I, I, you know, because it's so cyclical in the, in the, in the West, like, you know, Nebraska won it the first couple of years, right. Or one of the one the first year, maybe the third year. They, they won the West. So it's, and then it just keeps revolving. Each team's, you know, Minnesota popped in, Wisconsin pops in, I, you know, so mm-hmm. Michigan State, well, they was back when it was legends and leaders, but, um, yeah, I just think it, they're too close, those teams in talent for me to say no on this one. So yeah, I'll go yes. I think, I think, you know, when I set the, this odd, these odds, I, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that they instantly think about kind of just this year alone and they automatically assume, okay, well, this year they're, they don't really have much of a chance. So, I'm not, I, and they, and, and they haven't gone to a bowl game the last couple of years. You know, it's, it's very easy, I think, to just automatically say no, but you do kind of have to go through the process. But I, even setting it myself, I would have a tough, tough decision on, on which side to, to take. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not like taking yes is putting a, you know, this is, unfortunately, this is still low. It's not us saying we think they're going to make it in the next three no, years. It's no, saying it's, it's better than a like, one in four chance. Like <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know? yeah. which is like, so sad. But that's it is sad. That's here. That's where we are. That's where we're at. All right. Yep. Uh, uh Well, you know that that question came from Sparty Party. Uh, yeah. That this is this is so rude. You didn't ask this, but I'm bringing it up anyway. I, let's just say Michigan State would be more than plus three hundred. Oh yes, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. no fault, uh, partially no fault of their own with uh, yeah Ohio That's State. Stacked yeah, exactly. Yeah, in there. Yeah. Yeah, in there. Ohio State, Penn State, tough deal. All right, let's get to uh, our next question here. We're going over to my sports book, uh, ESPM.com. Uh, Nick Pyle five five two eight gave us this idea, which by the way has the same name as someone I did a group project with in college one time, but not the same guy. Hmm. Anyway. How do you know? I, because he asked it on Instagram. I'm like, wait, I know that name. And I looked at his Instagram. I'm like, that's not the person <laughs> I know. All right. That's right. If you send us an Instagram question, yeah. I'm stalking your profile. Yeah, I was say, <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. It was the same name. I'm like, uh, maybe it's him. Yeah, all right. And it's a, Nick, right. it's a unique name too. Yeah, it's not. Pile. Yeah. All right. Who will be the next Pac-12 team to make the playoff? Um, so yeah. I set the odds here. 
Because I think most people would probably say, well, Oregon, you know, if you ask this question. But that's why it's fun to make odds, you know, and, and kind of yeah, level exactly. the playing field. or at Handicap least try and to. golf. So Oregon I have as the favorite at plus 175. Uh, USC next at plus 220. Washington plus 500. And then I got the field at plus 535. Yeah. This is uh, I, this is good. This is good. I, I, I'm, I, I'm leaning towards UW, though. Um, they okay. are not that far behind as far as recruiting wise. You know, they're in the teens. They've had good, really, really good classes. Um, and of course they've got a great coach with a really good, they've had a really good, a good defensive coach. I'll say Jimmy Lake he said, yeah. really, they need some work on offense, you know, and if they can get a somewhat explosive offense to pair with that defense, then they're there. Um, they need John, Ross. but it's just, you know, when you're giving me a, so if, if let's say they, they, if they just beat Oregon, you know, if they come to Seattle and they beat Oregon, boom, they already have it. So they, and then if you're giving me plus two twenty on USC compared to plus five hundred for UW, I don't know. I just feel like that's such a, more than a double thing there. So you're gonna say USC is gonna has twice as better chance more than USC to make it? Nah, I don't know. I just like UWs. I like the potential there. That's yeah. And let me. uh what was I going to just going to say? I was going to respond to that somehow before uh, Trey said his. Um, oh no! Last year I was going to add to your point. Washington won the Pac-12 North. Exactly. They, just, they couldn't go because they they had to cancel that game against Oregon. And then what happened? What look happened in the Pac-12 title game? Right. Well, Oregon killed USC. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if Washington probably would have had a really good chance. Oh, to I see. Kill USC, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, at these odds. I I was along the same frame of mind, Ryan. I I really did think about Washington. I I only, it was I was between Oregon and Washington. I really for some reason just kind of glossed over SC. Oh, okay. Um, but I ended I up, didn't even consider Oregon. I ended up really. I ended up going with Oregon. Um, just because of the I really do have the concerns of that Washington offense. Like it's been a few years since they've had a like a really strong strong offense not that oregon not that oregon has been (laughs) yeah i know i mentioned it earlier not that oregon has been a juggernaut (laughs) either on that side of the ball but i do love the fact i like cristobal he does such a great job at developing developing the lines and we know how important line play is especially if you want to get to a a playoff and they've just recruited a little bit better than sc and uw um they're they're the current kings of the conference last couple years they've been to new year's six bowls they won the rose bowl and then they were just in the were they in the festival this past year? So uh, I just I think they're close. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. And they have the reason for Washington. I, I struggled with them because I wasn't really. I almost was maybe not enough looking at Washington compared to USC and Oregon, but I was looking at Washington compared to the field, and I was like, "Do is Washington should they be a favorite?" over the field, which is essentially what I have here. Because the field, you've got Utah, who's been very good. They were close a couple years ago. You've got, yeah, sure, UCLA. I was going to say Arizona State. You know, they're, they're, they're rising a little bit. Maybe Jaden, Jaden Daniels could, could do it. Um, but yeah, I, I just like, um, that's true. It is. And Washington has made, they have made a playoff and they, Mm -hmm. like you said, Ryan, I would say they're recruiting a little bit further behind Oregon and USC. Well, USC had a couple it's, bad years, but I mean, it's I'm more not, behind, it's behind than you might have. Yeah, it's significantly behind but Oregon. I would you say. You know what overall. is kind of funny is how soon we forget though that last, or I guess now it's two years, but the last re- real full year, Utah was a game away. They were the Pac-12 championship away from going to the playoff. But 
that's, that's it's true. Happens. But I just I looked at that and I thought, you know, they've been in the the Pac-12, I think maybe ten years, and that was you know that was the one year that they yep. they have been anywhere close. They've been nine or three nine and three once. Other than that, and other than that, it's been you know four plus losses in the regular and, season. And I don't even so. have any metrics, but it's just kind of like a personal thing. Is I, I love USC. They are they're they're so athletically gifted, but part of me is just like non statistical wise. It's like I just don't ever see Clay Helton going like twelve and zero to get to a playoff. But hey, I hope he proves me wrong. Well, I I don't see that either. But uh, but yeah, I guess you never know. I mean, as it is crazy to think that Clay Helton finished top five in the country like five years ago. Yeah. So, but I don't see that happening again. All right. Yeah, I'll, you know, uh, the, the talent gap, I think we, was a thing. Like the 2020 class, Washington was six spots behind Oregon, you know, which it was like, a, okay. I think UW finished 17th and I think Oregon was like 11th. Last year, UW only took like 15 guys, like this 20, mm-hmm. 2021 year, or I guess it's this year. You know, they were like 35th or something and Oregon was seventh, but Oregon took like 10 more dudes or something like that. So it's, you know, it's a little cyclical, but I know I'm, Oregon's got better talent. There's no doubt about yeah. it. But you're going to give me the those, you know, plus 500 compared to plus 175. I'll I'll take mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Who, my, who do you my, think would be the favorite of the field? You know, uh, not those three teams. That's a good question. You know, who? Because it's pick? not just about the question is not just about like who's going to be better. You know, right? Because like ASU could easily be better than USC next year. But there's also a question of upside because you yeah. gotta you gotta have that playoff upside, which clearly yeah. obviously USC has with the talent they have. Um, I would, oof, it's a tough call. That's that a tough. I think maybe maybe Utah just because Whittingham, he does have them, you know, pretty consistently, yeah, yeah. pretty good uh, over yeah. the last several years. So maybe them, but I, I don't I feel would, great they were flirting about it. with it. What? the year before last right so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think i'd probably go with you i think i'd probably go with the uh, utah asu's right there too they're recruiting pretty well um not amazingly but but good no but you know i mean other than that cal if they could somehow put it all together but yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I don't stanford see that. stanford is stanford yeah they've they can have good recruiting classes here and there yeah. obviously the beginning of the um my brain is Mike, killing David Shaw. David Shaw era was, yeah. you know, he was close. Yep, he was. All right, All right. let's move on to the next I, one here. Though. I know college football. <laughs> David yeah. Shaw. It's the offseason. It's, it's March the, Madness. It's, there's yeah, a lot going on. on. It's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so the next one is from Carter Glenn Pilster. Uh, he he asks, who wins the LSU QB job this year? All right, so I set the lines for this one. So it's really a four-man race uh, if you count the incoming true freshman. So you got three guys that played last year. You got Max Johnson, Brad Johnson's kid. I set him at plus 115. Uh, I got Miles Brennan at plus 150. TJ Finley, plus 900. And Garrett Nussmeyer at plus 1900. Okay, so I for me, I didn't have to think about it too much. I think Miles Brennan at plus 150 is my pick. Because I, I personally would make him the favorite. He's more experienced. Um, he's going to be what probably a I don't know, like a fifth year senior. He's he's been there a while. 
Um, although, the, what are we going to call these guys with the eligibility thing? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so weird. Yeah. Super I feel seniors. like you just – I think you advance them their eligibility. Like last year, I think Brennan was a junior. I feel like we should call him a senior this year. Mm-hmm. And if he stays, then he's a super senior. Exactly. Again. But yeah. anyway, long story short, he's more experienced. Uh, and he played well. He was the start at the beginning of the year, played well before he got hurt. Now, I know Max Johnson is – also played well, like maybe not quite as well, but but pretty close against some tough competition. Yeah, and he was only a true freshman, so he could get better. So I can see why you made him the favorite, but I don't know. It just seems like Miles Brennan's the same. And he took pick. first team reps coming in spring here, but yeah. So ooh, I didn't read that. Yeah, so I'm. Uh, I you know Miles Brennan's coming off the injury, which might have something to do with it. I'm, but, I'm going. Yeah, I hate to take the favorite. I w- I think there is a little bit of value in Brennan just because there are a lot of things that could go wrong this spring with Johnson, but I'm going to take. Johnson. Um, Orgeron did say that he's been, they've all been taking equal snaps, yeah. but Johnson's been a little bit more with the first team in the first couple of weeks of practice. And, but that aside, the way he finished last year, it gave some hope to LSU fans because that middle part of the year, early part of the year was, was even Brennan, even when Brennan was kind of putting up some numbers, they weren't, they weren't clicking. They were, it was two and oh against Florida, we all remember, and then Ole Miss, eight touchdowns, one interception. And yeah. it was just a nice spark. And there's a new offensive coordinator who he spoke highly of Johnson, how he was a little bit versatile. He can be both in the pocket and talked of his – he can be mobile when he needs to, maybe a little bit more so than than Brennan. And I just feel like overall, if they were on even play – say they're neck and neck, I think they would just lean towards Johnson because they can propel to the future um, and just get more – to develop him him more. Um, and I also looked at the Heisman odds. He's a little bit more favored over Brennan. So I'll, uh, I'll lean with Johnson. All right. Damn, guys. Lack of, prep, <laughs> lack of preparation Don't. there. I just dug <laughs> on. All right. I, I just, as you were talking, I Googled it, and I'm like, okay, last week I missed this headline. Yeah. Johnson yeah. Yeah. getting – okay. Well, I, I still think maybe plus 150. I, I, even after reading this article yeah. as you were talking – I might still stick with it at plus hey, 150, but maybe I was I, wrong about him. I, maybe but that, a couple of that injury is a good point, though. He's not. Yeah, it'll that'll boost him a little bit here, hopefully. Hey, it could be the same thing. Remember a couple of years ago, Mike? Everybody, the Joey Gatewood was the favorite to win that Auburn job, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, Bo Nix, Bo Nix. I like Bo Nix. Yeah, hey, maybe yours. Maybe this could be your uh, Bo Nix here. Yeah, sure. Let's call it that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. All right, so back to playwithtrade.com. We've got a we got a question from McBride W. Who will win more national titles over the next ten years, Bama and Clemson, or the field? It's a good question. So you've got I made the line Bama Clemson plus one forty, and the field favored at minus one forty. What do you guys think? So yeah, uh, Ryan, you lead us yeah. off here. Yeah, that's a that's a good. It's a good line. I, I, I think uh, I, I really struggle with this one. You're thinking about it. Uh, I've just looked back at the previous 10 years, just for a frame of reference. They won seven out of 10, uh, you know, with what, uh, Florida, or not Florida, with uh, Ohio State sneaking in and LSU uh, and uh, Auburn, Auburn, maybe. Auburn, what year yep, was that? 2011. Yeah. Auburn, 2011. They were the first, right? Yeah. So, or no, they were tw- 2010. Oh, my goodness. Goodness gracious, Ryan. Uh, what year, man? Well, Time we hit Florida flies. State. Oh, Florida State. Oh, Florida State, 2013. Yeah, there, there you it go. is. Okay, so Auburn was 2010, so that didn't count. No. 
Yeah, gotcha. that's what it was. All right, thank you, Trey. Um, okay, yeah, seven out of ten. I knew it was seven out of ten, but anywho. Um, so I'm going to lean with uh, – it's hard to do, but I'm going to lean with uh, Clemson and Bama. Uh, Nick Saban is still going strong, you know, and he's the next – I still think he has at least three or four years, maybe five. Who, who knows how long he'll go, but they are just – like this year, they had by far the best club recruiting class again. You know, yeah. so they're set for another four years. You know, like they're going to be the best team, or you know, maybe if you know, maybe the best team in these next four years. And Clemson's not showing any signs of slowing down either. They're just getting better and better as well. Um, you know, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I I, I want more. I would love to see other teams win it, but I, I can't really go against Bama if with how they practically win every other year. Uh, and you give me the next best team after that too to pair it with them. Uh, I'm gonna take them. Okay, I am going the other way here. So Trey apparently set a good line. If as long if if we're the only two betters in the world, yeah. uh, I think the field is the bet because. So here's part of my thinking. Just look at this upcoming year where Bama and Clemson are both at the top of the sport. They're the two betting favorites to win it all. They're one two in SP plus and. The chances of, of Bama Clemson versus the field this year, kind of based on the odds, um, did a little math there. To me, it, it kind of looks like it's not even quite plus 140 just, just for this year. Um, really? For, for Bama and Clemson. So, over, cause, cause Bama's plus 250, Clemson's plus 450. Uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, so over 10 years, you know, things change in college football. Like teams could rise up to their level. They're probably not always going to be the top two teams over the next 10 years. That, I mean, that just seems unlikely that every year they're going to be the top two. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you got Ohio State's already kind of right there with with those schools. And Georgia doesn't seem to be going anywhere. They could easily rise up, win one or two. Teams like, you know, who knows, Florida, LSU, Oklahoma, Texas, USC, A&M, like any one of them could rise up and win a title in the next 10 years. Um, yeah. I mean, just look at 10 four. years ago. What's that? Or they got to win six. Yeah, they got to win, yeah. At but least five. I think there's just, you know, it's not easy to win title. Like, you know, Clemson has lost so much talent the last couple of years, then they haven't, they, I know they'd get to the playoff, but they haven't just, they won't, they don't always punch through. And then, Michael, you mentioned a, a litany of teams, but I don't even think you heard of it. Like, the ACC's, I feel like getting a little bit better with, you know, North Carolina, Miami's mm-hmm. gotten better. If Florida State can find themselves, Notre Dame has been in the playoff, you know, a couple times. So I think there's, um, yeah, if Sark Oklahoma gets, could could win one. Yeah, obviously. if Sark gets Texas back, and I just think, um, and and then the, you Ryan, you you referenced it, the Saban factor. Like, say he does leave in four five years. Yeah, fair enough. Like, yeah. Bama's not going to drop off a cliff, but you know who knows? There, who knows? Yeah. So it it's not. Yeah, I mean, they will for sure win multiple, but I I don't know if I'm going to say more than the field. Yeah, these the thing is, Alabama and Clemson could still even be kind of at the top ish of the sport for this entire 10 years and both win two championships and then, yeah. you know, and the field still wins. But, but it's amazing that it's a, it's an interesting question. It's a good one. It's amazing that cause I'm, I'm like you guys, I'm kind of on the fence that you're, we're only talking about two teams and they're, you're talking about them yeah. winning half the title. That's unbelievable. It's quite a run for these uh, squads. I mean, obviously, Bama, so if, but so if you add Ohio state to that, Ooh, then I, I wonder what the line becomes. It does it just become even maybe. At least, I, yeah. It, it's hard to yeah. do off the cuff here, but that might make I would, it more of a 50-50 for me. Because then you've got yeah. three the, the three dominant teams from three conferences. Like, yeah. yeah. 
Might have I would to go with, with probably that, put it that even trio. Yeah. Yep. All right. Good. Very good question. Uh, next one: Which coach will either leave or be fired uh, from their job first? Dino Babers of Syracuse. Oh, did I say this came from Joel? Came from Joel. Dino Babers of Syracuse, Clay Helton of USC, Justin Fuente, Virginia Tech, or Scott Frost of Nebraska. So great to have two of my favorite teams right there. <laughs> so, okay. I hear the odds in order of from, you know, the favorite to the long shot. So the favorite I have is Dino Babers plus 185, then Justin Fuente plus 225. Clay Helton plus three hundred and Scott Frost at plus nine hundred. What do you think, Trey? Okay, well, right off the Sorry, bat, we don't accept your bets. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm too good. Your You're too good for us. I know. I'm a, I'm a whale. No, so I when I look at the list, I think that for sure one of the first three are going to be fired or leave after this year. So that's why I don't really even entertain Frost because I don't really see a scenario this year, even if they don't go to a bowl game or whatever. I don't see a scenario this year where Nebraska lets go of Frost. So I kind of threw him out. Babers, I think, is a deserving favorite here due to how awful they've been, um, really, even with some expectations that they've had recently and just not delivering. But in terms of the odds, I am going to go with Fuente. At plus okay. 225 here. His seat has already been warm. He's even flirted with other jobs, um, which these other guys really haven't. There's been a lot of tra- talent that's transferred that's been well documented over the last year or two. And more importantly, I think for Virginia Tech, it's really like a win or now or he's toast um, as the expectations are a little bit higher at, in Blacksburg than they are at Syracuse. Like I could see a scenario where Babers kind of has an average year and still keeps his job. Fuente needs to have an above average year in my eyes. So I think it's going to be tough for him, especially given some key position losses this off season. Yeah, that's what I was going to say with the, I'm going with Fuente as well. And I, I attribute it to a lot of the losses that they had last year was supposed to be a year where they were supposed to be pretty darn good. Um, Michael was really pumping him up in the off season. Um, oh, sorry, wait, Michael. that was a low blow. You didn't have, to... <laughs> I already couldn't remember Dave, he, David he Shaw's just, name. He and just didn't re- know that Max Johnson's been getting the first team snaps. <laughs> Michael hey. just reduced your odds on the bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Giving you even okay. money. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go play with Trey. All right. <laughs> 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 uh, but are you going to gamble at his website? <laughs> okay. <laughs> This has gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going Fuente as well. They lost Hendon Hooker, who, in my opinion, was their most effective quarterback. Um, Michael, I remember, touched on how, how much they lose on the offensive line, which was their strength last year. They ran the ball very, very well. Um, so you take that away. Their defense lost a lot on the lines. I, I, I you know, and, and they just, they seem like they want to get rid of them. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, like, so you're, they know they have the support. There's not going to be any pushback, you know, so any signs of adversity, I, he might even be gone in the middle of the year, you know, like I, mm-hmm. if they go like, if they're like two and six at one point or something or one and four, one and five, like, yeah, that's pretty horrible. But if they struggle out of the gate, he could be gone mid year. So but that, that's a factor yeah. here for sure. Is that, is that. If a guy has a likelihood of going mid-year, then then he's more of a favorite here. So, but yeah. it is amazing because like those first three, Babers, Fuente, and Helton, like I honestly, if you had to ask me, do any of them keep their jobs? <laughs> Over under two and a half 
fired. I, I, boy. I think Fuentes. I mean, I think uh, uh, Helton stays. Helton. Sorry, Mike. He nah, could. Okay. He could. Well, if he but stays, though, they got, that means we had a pretty good year. I you got some good talent. Yeah, There's true. the offense should be good again. The defense is you know going to be fine. You got some you got some pieces. So recruiting is going really well now. Uh, it's not yeah. like the recruiting. Yeah, one year where the recruiting really really dropped off. That's when it was like okay, Clay is gone. But right. now that he brought in some better assistant coaches and the recruiting is back to like top fifteen, top ten, um, that gives him a little extra cushion. I think he's got to go nine and three. I mean, who knows? It all depends how it happens and stuff. Yeah. Yep. I think he's got to go nine and three, um, and have it be a, you know, kind of good looking nine and three, which I don't know. I don't know what our over under will be. I'm guessing maybe in that eight and a half. Yeah. I mean, the schedule's pretty favorable, so it, it could yeah. be around there. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting. That's for sure. All right. Let's move on to the next one. All right, next one is from uh, Joel. Who's this Joel guy? Uh, <laughs> Joel uh, says, the Heisman winner for this coming year, will it be a quarterback or a non-quarterback? All right, so I set the odds QB minus 390 and non-QB plus 390. Yeah, two of the – so I did a little research. Two of the last 11 have been non-quarterbacks, so it's a little worse than one in five if I look at the the – semi-recent history so these um, these odds that you set here imply about one in five so i think it's a, a very reasonable line ryan um you know Devonte smith just proved you don't have to be a quarterback uh so that could open up a new wave of people or voters looking to receivers as a heisman winner but for me in this particular year upcoming it's hard for me to envision another wide receiver winning as the receivers are going to have their stats compared to Devonte's all year and that's just that just doesn't seem realistic to duplicate now this could go on old takes exposed a year from now but i just i have a hard time envisioning that and then when i look at teams in the mix for the playoff at this point since that's usually a major factor it's almost exclusively quarterbacks in terms of their odds right now and in the current era if i'm looking for a running back like in the current era of the passing offenses i honestly think it's harder as a running back to win at this a year like this compared to it was just as recent as like four or five years ago. Uh, yep. So I have to lean to a quarterback. I, even though I hate leaning, leaving, uh, laying these odds. I agree with Trey. I like, I echo what he says about it. I think you said a good number, like a pretty good number, but um, I, I looked even further than Trey. So yeah, three of the last 15 years were, were non quarterbacks. Hmm. And so that's right about where you set the line, but two of those were running backs and, um, and I just like Trace. I just think nowadays it's harder than ever for a running back to win it. So, and and with receiver, yes, Devonte won last year, so that maybe is breaking new ground. But it, it, I think there's also a reason it's been 30 years since any other receiver had won it because it's just so hard for a receiver to win it over his quarterback. And yeah, exactly. Like this year with Smith, I mean, he won it and he he deserved it. But if Waddle didn't get hurt he wasn't going to win it. Like I, I feel pretty confident about that. Right. So it took, took a little bit of luck for him. And, and like Trey said, the, the odds this year, you look at the odds, it doesn't seem, I know Devonte Smith came out of nowhere, so you never know, but it's not like we're heading into this year seeming more likely than a usual year that a, a running back or receiver will win it. You know, all the top guys are Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, Uyunga Lale, you know, all those guys, Bryce Young. So I am with Trey. All right. Yeah. 
I mean, there could be Ryan could be rooting for like uh, in looking at these odds. If Iowa State goes on a run and Brees Hall is yeah. the major reason, Brees Hall. I mean, there's Brees Hall it's has not, the best odds. I, it's definitely not impossible. They're running back. It's just it is amazing. I hadn't really thought about it until looking at this question. That you know, uh, in, or uh, not Ingram, but Derrick Henry won it a few years ago. It's like it's like wow. Yeah, I just got me thinking about how hard it is for a running back at the this current yeah. time. You know, you got guys like Jonathan Taylor who were, you know, in the ballpark That's and Chuba Hubbard, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Damian I know. Harris this yeah, it's past a good year. point. It's not, uh, it's definitely, I, I, it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. B. John Robinson for Texas is getting, getting some getting a lot decent of odds. Yeah. I mean, his yards per carry was huge, but, uh, and they yeah. maybe in the Sark offense, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Oh boy. Another. Another question from Sparty Party. Michael will probably find a reason to to insult him again. But uh, <laughs> over under for the number of years for Michigan to beat Ohio State again. So I like this. This is a Michigan State fan trolling Michigan a little bit. So over under yeah. number of years for Michigan to beat Ohio State. I set the line at play with Trey to over under three and a half years. Um, That is where I would have set the line as well, Trey. So – I know this is a love fest here, but you said a good number. So Ohio State has won eight straight. Three of those were one-score games, including the most recent one of in 2016 being a double overtime game. Been some blowouts since then. but uh, So, yeah, the question is, will they win in the next three years? Two of those three are going to be at Michigan, so that, that helps. And I expect Michigan to get better in the next few years. I don't know. They just brought in a really good recruiting class, got a five-star quarterback, We'll see if they develop them, but you know, and they're in the midst of that transition to the to the modern offense. Um, I, I think last year was just maybe a bit of an aberration. You look at SB plus for this upcoming year. Ohio State's projected to be just ten points better in twenty twenty one than Michigan. So, um, ten point underdog wins close to twenty five percent of the time. So, the, if they can average over the next three years being a ten point underdog, then getting one out of three. Um, is is the favor? So getting getting one win is the favor yeah, for me. And they don't even have to be ten; it can be even higher, uh, and they'd still be there, right? So, yeah, it could be a little higher than ten. Yeah, if yeah. they're like a twelve point underdog the next three years, I think that is maybe where it's yeah. like over under three and a half is kind of fifty fifty. But yeah, um, yeah, it is a it's a good one here. Um, I'm gonna go the other way though. Um, the, it just uh, I know Michigan's bringing in some good talent here. I'm a little bit worried about, yeah, the offense might be um, maybe getting a little bit better with that new new era of offense, but I'm worried the defense is going in the wrong direction, getting rid of Don Brown. They were so good. That's why that's really why they were so good here at the beginning with Jim Harbaugh is because Don Brown's defense was so good, and the offense was always, you know, it was okay. You know, they could run mm-hmm. the ball, and it was solid, but it was never the reason why they were so good. It was Don Brown, and that D was great, and I'm not sure how that's going to go now. Uh, they, they obviously struggled this year. I'm not as confident in, on that side of the ball. So um, I'm, not, I'm not banking on them beating Ohio State. They've lost eight in a row, and it's just getting worse and worse the last few years. Um, yeah, I'll take a, I'll take Ohio State and their their top, top talent and just uh, their domination of them. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? When I looked at this, the this, this series history, they obviously everyone knows the the eight in a row or whatever, but they've actually been favored or or well under a touchdown underdog in in some recent games, and they they yeah. just they just can't break through. I, now now I on the, the other last side, four game. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, just 
my last point is that, you know, the other side is that there is Ohio State's recruiting like gangbusters. Not that Michigan is chumps there, but they, they do have yeah. a superior advantage there. So, but they might need some luck. I mean, a quarterback could go down. So a lot of stuff can happen, of course. Yeah. So you look at the last four games that they've played. Now this past year, Michigan would have been like oh, a four yeah, touchdown 30. dog. If, yeah. It would have, if it would have happened, but, yeah. uh, but anyway, but the, the four previous games, Michigan has been a nine point underdog, three and a half point favorite, which yeah. is crazy to think about. 12 and a half point dog and four and a half point dog. Now that, that gap is obviously widened, but I expect it to kind of narrow maybe in, uh, you know, get in the next couple of years. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Not because Ohio State getting worse, but just Michigan not being so bad. Yep. Wild. Although in these previous, in those four games, Michigan was good. This was back when Michigan was winning 10 games pretty yeah. much every year. So yep. I don't know. Uh, all right. Moving on to the next one. So yeah, I was going under three and a half years. Ryan went over. Um, next yep. one comes from Aaron.Chapman12. Will the college football playoff expand by the 2026 college football season? Is how I kind of rephrased his, his question for, for our purposes here. So I put the yes at minus 600 so that college football will expand, uh, by then. The no, the underdog is plus 600. Yeah. Um, it's a hard, hard one to set a line for, uh, on this one, I feel like. Very um, hard. <laughs> but, you know, he said a good year, obviously, because 2025 is when this current deal, right, ends. Um, so they're going to be examining what's going to happen here after the 2025 year. Um, and I'm going to lean towards the yes, even though it is the huge favorite, uh, the six to one favorite. Um, I just feel like, this is just like an awkward time right now with the four teamer. It's just like, you know, this doesn't make sense. A whole lot of sense. I think we'll look back on this maybe 25 years from now and be like, why would we ever do four? What a weird, what a weird thing that was. Like if you're going to have a playoff, make it like an actual put, don't just skip to the semis and there's only four squads. So I think they'll change it. I can see them going to, I, I think it would be even more than eight. I, I think it'll be more like a 10, 12 type of, Type wow, of thing really? You think they, they'll jump straight to that? Yeah, I think they'll do something like that. I mean, you know, I mean, that's just a random shot in the dark here, but, um, I do think it'll expand past eight. I'm thinking like 10, 12, give some teams some buys, reward them for, you know, being in the top, whatever, top two team, whatever it might be. So, um, that way it's still something to play for, right? You know, those top teams like, Hey, we want to be one of the top two. So we get a buy or whatever it is. So, yeah. um, kind of still, you know, if you're for a team like Bama, like and now or Bama and Clemson, like, Hey, you know, if it's a 12 team playoff and it's just everybody makes it, whatever it is, or 18 playoff, it's like they, you know, they could lose two games and they know they're fine, but you know, if they want to be the, get that by. So I'm going to go. Yes. So I wanted to look at this from a little more statistical frame of frame of reference. And I, it's kind of back of the envelope, but so these odds that Michael set are about 85% chance they will expand. And I, I actually read a survey that Stadium Network did yeah. where they, they asked all FBS athletic directors if they want to expand when the current contract ex, uh, ends. 112 of them actually responded. And so of the 112, 88% of the athletic directors wanted some form of expansion, whether it be six, eight, or more. Uh, so if I go with kind of you know extrapolating that, if I go with the assumption that the ADs have the overall say for these commissioners, my 88% outweighs the 85% here. So I say it expands. I know there's a lot of variables other than that, but just 
yeah. bear with me. But then, I, you know, from like a numbers aside wise, so I, I'm leaning yes. Numbers aside, there's just more money, I think, even to be made on these extra playoff bowl games, especially because the current trend, the commissioners are going to start to see how these other New Year's Six Bowls are diminishing before our eyes. You got players sitting out. Like, look at this past year, the Cotton Bowl, when Florida just didn't play anyone uh, against Oklahoma. And I think if they can incorporate those games into the expanded playoff, it's just it's going to work out for the fans and maybe for money. It's a good point. Yeah. So this, this was a hard line to set, and I I was thinking I was definitely not going to make it any less than like minus six hundred. I was thinking yeah. about doing more. I just got a little scared, but. But my thinking was, I agree with you, Trey. I read that same poll where athletic directors are in favor of it. You would think that the networks or whoever um, is going to bid on it would be in favor of it, having more inventory of, of big playoff games. Like my brain was like, who who says no here? Like who's going to say no? But only the I don't know. I guess I just got a little old school fans say no. Yeah, yeah, really. And, Which, and I, I'll admit, know. I was I'm pretty old school, but I've come around to the idea of at least going to six or eight I, the, yeah. the 10 or 12 kind of scares me but whatever I, I might embrace that down the road right yeah yeah so i guess the the the, the reason i didn't go like minus a thousand was just just i guess humility like i don't know i'm just guessing yeah. here like maybe there's something i'm not thinking about yeah. but well and at minus a thousand i might have i might have taken the plus money but it was uh yeah. it was a good good number and a good question just seems inevitable like, well, yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite realize yeah. how much of it was until seeing some of the the AD responses. So. Four is just weird. It's weird. And I, I really think. I mean, I think we discussed this on a previous episode. I think eventually it'll be more than eight. Like I would bet. Yeah. I don't know when that is. I don't know if that's in ten years or twenty years. But like, it's just going to keep growing because it's gonna it's going to become like their version of March Madness. I, I feel like. The yeah, I, I don't know if we'll be, go past sixteen. Uh, maybe not. You know. You know, the, like the the FCS has that nice sixteen team playoff and model seems to work well for them. But yeah, obviously, I, mean, I don't I don't anticipate it getting to sixty four. It's a different, uh, different well, sport yeah, yeah, basketball, no, I know. But, but even like twenty four, you know, that seems like I don't know. I could be wrong. Well, about all right, hundred years, Ryan. Let's bet. I bet it's gonna be twenty four. Yeah. Uh, there's no more football. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> that was a downer. All right. <laughs> Anyway, that'll do it for the College Football Bros podcast. We'll still be around in 50 years for sure. I was going to say, we'll be dead in 100. Oh, that's also a downer. Everyone in 50 years will still be at playwithtrey.com. <laughs> that's for sure. All right. Anyway, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CFB Bros. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, we will be back next week. We're going to do a part two. We're going to do some more bets because this was fun. So for those of you that didn't get yours read on this episode, it could be in the next episode or uh, send more in. We need we need a few more. So uh, we'll, we'll just choose from the best. So appreciate that. See you next time. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. Keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.